Welcome home. Ron Helmick. Yes, sir. Seen Paranormal. How are you doing? Welcome. Good Thank to see you. you. Thank you for having me. Been a little while. Just a little while. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, spirits. That's why we're here, after all. Yeah. This is definitely the spot, too. <laughs> cool. Well, let's kick this off the right way. A little cheers, a little red bush. That's right. Speaking of spirits. Mm. So your last investigation here with RPI was a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, any prominent points that uh, we should talk about? You know, um, you know, we went over some of the, the areas where we were at before, second floor, um, in the third floor area, and uh, we noticed some changes in the in the air um, as far as uh, you know the um, some t- some areas were colder than others, and where we started talking about certain things, we also noticed like some of the equipment we use, like K2 meter, that uh, that would be actually right here, that measures electromagnetic fields. And it would automatically go into the red when we tell it to go red, or it would back off and go to go to nothing. So it was in direct communication with what we were doing. So it was, it was very interesting. In many ways, that works the same as our divining rods, right? So there's there's a magnetic attach, attachment that takes place between the rods. Yes. The same thing with your meter. Yes. It, it yeah. said that spirits use uh, EMF uh, electromagnetic fields to communicate with 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 us. So it's kind of basically like a an amp to power them up. So, that's cool. I'll say. But, um, but between upstairs and then also the downstairs, we always get activity in the basement and in the cellar, um, especially in the area where uh, it's it said that bodies are buried in the, in the basement area. I know there's been an occasion we were here before that we were actually able to, with some of the devices we use, we're able to reach out and communicate with whatever that was um, underneath the floor. And it was disembodied um, movements. I, I was downstairs one time. You were with me, actually. Had that camera. Yes, yes, yes. That was the craziest thing yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Where you've got this disembodied body, the skeleton, yeah. reaching through the floor. I had my arm out. Like grabbing for us. Yeah. I, I think I just talked about moments before that how the guides have been saying that it feels to many people like we're being sucked down. Yes. I tell that story. You got this on, and like something is reaching up to grab you. It was, yeah. it was unnerving in so many ways. Yeah, the the chills just ran right up the in your back of your neck. It was the craziest thing I've ever felt. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was insane. And it, it's funny because there's a big shift from when you walk down the stairs to when you go to that back part. There's a big shift between the two areas. Different face, the temperature, totally. the gradient could be like 40 degrees sometimes. We measure that. It's just, it's nuts in the span of. Literally, like a three-foot threshold, mm-hmm. and, and there you are. What what is that? Well, a lot of times that's that could be dimensions. It could be okay. um, portals. Um, it could be also just spirits in the area um, that maybe are all together, and you walk between that. You know, like you said, a threshold. So there was a time about well, maybe now five or six years ago that we had a reporter here from Denver, Colorado. He was with Fox News, and the Convention Bureau had brought him here. And uh, he intended to spend like an hour at most here. He's got his toys with him as well. But he's downstairs, and within a few minutes of being all the way in the back of the cellar, he captures this image of a Confederate soldier in in full Army gear, regalia. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, using both divining rods and other tools he had, probably just like this one, he's able to communicate with this. And they're able to ascertain that this guy's name is O'Connor that other psychics and spirits have talked about or yep. spiritual readers have talked about in the past. So O'Connor was an Irishman from the Third Ward 
and yet here he is in full Confederate regalia fighting for the side of the South. And that's the first time I've heard about that, so that forced me to go back to the library and research this, and it turns out that there were a lot of people that were Irishmen from the North that fought for the South. Social economics concerned that, you know, once abolitionists had their way and everything is open, that they, again, the Irish should be on the bottom of the ladder as opposed to, in their mind, they should have escalated up because they've been free since they got here. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting how we're able to dovetail the historical portion along with the things that, via modern science, if you will, are able to use as well. It's, it's oh, so totally. cool. It's totally, and it's getting better and better every year. I know there's a time when we walked across the street, we were on our way in here, but it was during the day, and we actually saw a woman in a white dress on the second floor twirling in the window. And we actually tried to debunk it. We tried to look across the street, but it's a cement wall. You can't, I mean, there's nothing to reflect off of. So obviously it was, uh, it was a spirit of some kind. No, I wasn't the only one that saw it. So. Well, speaking about the outside, um, maybe 10 years ago or so now, we had a uh, message on our recorder, you know, back in the old days when your phone would do that or whatever. <laughs> and um, here's a guy who says he's a longtime resident of the Walker's Point area, and he says, every day I walk past Shakers, he says, um, and a few years ago I stopped walking in front of the building because all of these phantasms are coming through the front windows. And he says... I now stop across the street, and I count dozens, even hundreds, of these different spirits, as he talked about, coming through the front window. Unfortunately, he never left his name or, you know, for a callback number or anything else. I would love to talk to that guy. But we've heard other people talk about the same phenomena, or walking their dogs outside, and the dog's thing, like, lurches up, and the dog doesn't want to go any further. So then people, you know, either pull the dog, or else they walk around on the opposite side of the street. Yeah, so. our medium, our medium said the same thing when he first came here, Michael. He said that he just feels the energy just coming out of his, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy feeling, I guess. You know, there was, a, there was one year um, that we had this real quirky thing taking place. We've got um, iron stanchions in the front of the building that, mm-hmm. you know, the way they constructed buildings in 1894, uh, incredibly well, but they had these iron posts that, that carried the weight of the successive floors. And during one summer, a span of three months, if you were to make contact with one of these round posts on the side of the front doorway as you're walking in, and if you're barefoot, or you had like thin thongs or something on, you would get an electric shock. And it was every single time. And it wasn't just a little, it was like a real, it was a real thing. But then after a couple of months, it went away. Now we were doing a lot of remodeling taking place on the second floor. I can't associate this anything. We had the city come down. We had the energies here. <laughs> Not a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But if you you do this, you get zapped pretty healthily. Well, I, I think there's something that <clears throat> needs to be known here is that there's such thing as residual energy. And anything anything here is recorded history. It has it has uh, taken in history from this place. And residual energy is nothing more than things that have taken place and it happens over and over and over again. And with all the spirits that are coming in and out of here, you know, and, and what you were saying before about what the medium told you and what our medium said, that could be generated from that. So, especially considering that they use EMF field. So that's basically what that could be. Nice. Well, obviously we're doing a lot of work during this little mandatory shutdown that we have taking place the last mm-hmm. month or so. So we began with the ladies' room, mm-hmm. the lair of Elizabeth, yes. that lovely little eight-year-old girl. Yes. She's still there. But we, uh, we took out the floor, took out the subfloor, took out all the tile. Uh, Greg Ray has a company did a phenomenal job restoring that entire area for us. And then repainted the walls. We've got some new lighting coming in to highlight 
the beautiful uh, period piece mosaics and, and uh, detail work that's on the doors of the ladies' room as well. Um, so Elizabeth is still there. And I, I know that because I'm here virtually every day doing other things. I hear things back there. There's nobody else in the house at that time. Um, and I'm really tempted in a way to get her something to play with. So we're moving the pianos around as well. And I think before we're open again, I'm going to slide one back there and put it right by her door. Oh, yeah. To see if that's going to play. Because back in the 80s, before we moved the baby grand piano up here, mm -hmm. pretty much every night at 2 o'clock is a restocking. And you know, we just want to get our butts out of here. You'd hear the piano play. And, and I always say it's not Gershwin. But you hear the piano play. It's clinking, wow. clinking, clinking away. So to not lose staff because the servers just bolt out that door, you never see them again, <laughs> we move the piano in front, and that took care of that because apparently she doesn't go past the archway, except for one time when two other psychics had me meet her in 1987, and they were able to coax her out. Uh, that was a cool story, by the way. I, I just I want to touch about that for a moment because a very busy Friday night. We're slammed. I'm in the kitchen cooking. And the staff says, you must come back and talk to these two women that are just standing, you know, people are singing and you've know, you're, you're, got someone's butt in your face and these women are there. <laughs> so I walk out of the kitchen as I, I'm walking up, I'm like 10 feet away and I say, you know, ladies can help me with something. I've never seen them before. And they said, as they put their arms together to form the circle, put your hand in here. Wow. Sure. So I put my hand inside the circle. It's like a blasting region. I'm like... What the hell is this? Yeah, right, right. And they said, well, this is Elizabeth, the little girl from the ladies' room, able to coax her out to meet you. Well, hello, Elizabeth. Now, before that, for the first year that we're open, we've got people, and we're all corporate America for lunch at that time, right? So we've got women coming out of the restaurant saying, who's that little girl? And we'd say, there's no little girl. And so, yeah, we saw her shoes, saw her boots, whatever, and, and she sometimes knocks at the door, she sings, she hums, she does whatever. And there's no little girl here. I mean, just gonna happen in the martini kind of thing because there's there's no one else here, right? And yeah. Back there. So we've heard that for a year for the buildup. Then these two women are here on Friday night, and then here's my experience with this. In the meantime, we've had waitresses running out when you know the piano's playing. So put all those things together, and you know, I, again, I'm not sure how you substantiate these things. It's an unusual occurrence that I can't otherwise. Yeah. Debunk. Yeah, so. and, and I and I and I think another idea is maybe put a, a, a you know like one of those balls that you. Find it the grocery store or something. Put that on the floor, level part of the floor, and put a camera next to it and see if it moves or not. You know. That's so these are, those are different tools that we use, even or idea. or uh, baby powder um, on the floor area, uh, different parts of the floor. See if there's any footsteps that come through. You know, I had a that's uh, old school. <laughs> I, I, I had another bar that was on the west side. It was an import bar, and uh, those were I was much younger. Those were the drinking days. So. Uh, you know, closing time is 3.30, and I take the staff out to breakfast in the morning, nice. but of course you might have been you know, drinking for a while. So um, we had uh, all these little tables about this size, and they each had a candle on them, right? Kind of like that. But um, we also had a carpet area, so we would take, every night, take all the tables and chairs to one side, we vacuum, right? And then we go to breakfast. So um, I noticed one time that we would come back for breakfast, and there's a table back in the middle, and there's a candle that's on it. Everybody's with me, nobody's left. So this time, um, I had uh, preemptively gone to the store ahead of time that nobody knew about. And I got myself two five pound bags of uh, sugar. Uh -huh. And we all leave, and I say, oh, I forgot something. So I run back inside, there's three doors, and I'm sprinkling the sugar everywhere from like 10 feet of the doorway. Yeah. So you couldn't, you couldn't jump over, you know? Yeah. You had a cape or not, you're not jumping over this. You go to breakfast, we're back, and the first guy back, I can't wait to get to that door, right? 
-hmm. unlock the door, I open it up, all my sugar is everywhere, right? <laughs> and I look over there, and there's a table with a candle lit in the middle of the damn room, wow. right? So I go to the other two doorways, nothing has changed. Nobody knew I had this. This is so far back, this is the days before the 24-hour stores that you could go somewhere and just buy you know, sugar, flour, something else, yeah. right? So absolutely nobody could have gotten that. Nobody, nobody knew I was doing this, not even my girlfriend at the time. So I don't know how you explain that either because that's yeah. that's manipulation. That's moving something physical. Oh, totally. And lighting the candle. Yeah. Well, that's just that's just like the safe downstairs. Ah, uh, the safe. Same same idea. I mean, uh, you know, we've numerous times we've come to one investigation. It's one spot. Come back maybe a month or two. It's another spot, and that thing's almost impossible to move. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah, ways like you and I together, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though it's got wheels on, I mean, they're well rusted, corroded. They oh, yeah. They move in one direction. But some, you look at the markings on the floor, and it's like yeah. it's animated. It's like it's dancing sometime. It's, mm. it's it's crazy. Yeah. And that white door right behind that. Now, we had um, we had three other psychics come through uh, a couple of months ago. I've lost track of time now with this pandemic. But a few months ago, and they're talking about how Whatever is behind that door is a good spirit that just wants you to know that she's there. Well, that might be, but I know that the timing is is unique in that the guys be downstairs talking about the safe or something else, and suddenly, or you hear the scratching, and I'm thinking it's almost like you know the the fall of the house, the ushers kind of thing. If yeah. it's a good spirit, why is she scratching? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but those doors are locked off, and we've gone in the back immediately, and the floodlights, and there's nothing there. So um, I can't I can't get to tell you how that happens either, but that's beyond just the, the sighting of uh, the moth that we get. In fact, we, get, we shot a piece earlier today, and as we began this, and, and Patrick turns the cameras on, and we begin the interview, and suddenly I've got this moth that's just hovering all over me. I'm like, a moth? It's just time of the year, huh? Yeah, you'll see this in the playback, which is just like eerie. Wow. But often we have this white moth that's about three inches, in, you know, three inches. And it'll come to the, the main uh, security cameras that we have here or downstairs, and it just flutters and it just sits there forever until the camera dies. <laughs> the camera literally goes out. Or downstairs, you'll see it coming up by the camera. It's one of a few things we see on the camera downstairs. But it'll just flutter there, flutter there, flutter there, and then everything goes completely black. Not like the camera dies, but it's like everything is completely lights out black Weird. everywhere. So. Wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> so when was your last gig here? And when's your next gig? Most importantly, when is your next gig Hopefully here? soon. I mean, I know my uh, our team and then also to uh, U.S. Paranormal, um, they're going to be working with us on that too. Um, they have some extra toys too. They like to try out and see what works. works uh, Great. Communication. Um, so it would be nice because tackling all floors is, is a goal again to do and uh i know when we were on this floor here we got high real high emf readings i mean we were up in like 11 and 12 and actually i had to step outside of the uh, building because it got so high um but um what it was i often get is that pressure in my chest and it's not another heart attack it's the pressure in my chest this and i know it's it's something trying to get my attention yeah and it's a, I'm, like a pressing feeling exactly yeah now when you're not you know i'm in the penthouse upstairs sometimes i, I try to sleep there once a month and kind of stay connected. And sometimes you just have this massive pressure in your chest like someone's sitting on your chest. Mm -hmm. It's it's the craziest thing. Yeah. So I hope you guys record when you're, you're back doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and definitely. I, I think you're in for quite the thing because we are making changes on every floor. Once, at some point, get back and look at the ladies' room with the new flooring, new everything else. And then upstairs, the penthouse, we uh, begin the demo next week. We're ripping everything out, rip out the jacuzzi. 
uh, the tile floors, everything else. We're putting in this beautiful clawfoot tub, Kohler clawfoot tub, beautiful. that uh, Greg Ray has found for us and sink in packable condition. So we're putting in the clawfoot tub, we're retailing everything, period piece tile again, and, and the whole shtick. So um, I bet it's going to be very active up there once that's completed. Oh, yeah, especially right now, I, I assume, because, I mean, not all spirits like change. <laughs> They're not used to that, you know. No. Um, so we're doing we're doing carry out only at Shakers right now. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And last week it was either Friday or Saturday, and we're we're getting ready because we're at four o'clock till nine o'clock this, and we're getting ready. And I'm upstairs and I hear this crash, this massive crash of glass. It's like it's going on forever. And I come down the stairs, and our, our cook is here, and she's like now going to sweep up what literally have to be twenty or you know more of our pint glass, the ghost pint glasses, mm. that have not leapt off, but there's nobody <laughs> else here. They have moved themselves off that part of the, the back bar. So you know, some things might not be as happy, or they just want us to know that they're still here, mm -hmm. but it's definitely been active every single day, whether we're down here working on something and you hear people walking upstairs. It's like there's a freaking army that's marching up there, you know? Yep. And uh, it's. I'm really looking forward to when we're actually open again and getting you guys to come back at L. But uh, please bring all your toys with you because there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It, we find something new every time. I mean, it's because um, there's so many layers to this place. You know, that's the thing. And we'd like to really go in more deep with the the Al Capone family and see what we can communicate with with them in any ways that would so be great and uh see what kind of evidence we can get off that there's a couple of uh, mouthy people on uh, on facebook i've noticed recently saying that you know el capone never had speakeasy in wisconsin el capone was never in wisconsin well wake up get away there's a whole <laughs> historical record that is contrary to that yeah and the people whose families were drivers or anything else that all have a history that's here yeah so i, I really look forward to that part of the element as well and bringing out more of that that'd be great Yes. So, you know, I, I'd love to talk about Shakers all day, and it's hard to get me to shut up sometimes, but sure. um, RPI has got to be doing some other real kick-ass investigations somewhere. Yeah, um, recently recently we had um, two exorcisms. We actually work wow. with a, um, we actually work with exorcists, he's a Reverend Michael Schroeder. Uh, he was on a TV show, I Was Possessed, and uh, we actually did a home um, a home exorcism, and then we also do one over Zoom because of the, the COVID-19 thing. Right. It actually, believe it or not, worked after a few different... And we're six seasons. feet away, by the way. So. Yeah, we're six feet away. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, that was very interesting. The last case we had was, supposedly, whatever this demon was, was scratching words on the back of his back. And uh, that's when we called and uh, asked for, for the Reverend to come in and assist with us. Uh, we do different things called passive provoking. And passive provoking is nothing more than walking around the, the house or building read your Bible scriptures and then see if there's any response from the house or the individuals in the house. And then what we do after that is we have them read the scriptures to us. And if they fumble or, or whatnot or, or we notice any change in behavior, then we have an idea that we have an issue and we need to go a step further with it. So we actually had a case where I actually had a crucifix in my back pocket because I was trying to carry the Bible and read and it was actually moving in my back pocket. Um, Jeff was behind me on camera, and so he was following me, and uh, not sure if we caught that part, but we caught the behavior of the person that we, you know, we were trying to assist. Wild. So, yeah. 
So this exorcism, I want to hear much more about the exorcism. Um, that particular one? Or any, just in any, general? Any, just in general. Stuff. Okay. Well, um, the one that we were talking about before was um, Jeff was behind me, and he uh, was filming me. But I don't know if he caught my whole body uh, up and down because I had the crucifix in my back pocket. I actually felt it move. Um, the only reason why I had it in my back pocket was because I was holding the Bible, trying to read scriptures, following this woman out the door. Um, she left the building, then she came back later on. Um, then we've also had numerous other cases where we actually had to remove the person from the home and have, meet them at a hotel to do the exorcism. Um, uh, there's some cases I was at, some cases I wasn't, um, but we've been working on demonic cases for the past couple years now. Um, just got a call from another one, actually Tuesday morning at 3.40 in the morning I got a call. And uh, that was a case where they're, they're seeing uh, little girls, a, l a little girl that's running around the house. Now, most of the time, if they're full body apparitions, that means they're legit. If they're not, usually if they're like half body or whatnot, usually it could be a possible demonic you know, entity of some kind. Um, not always. Not always that's, that's the case. Well, my view on this is that essence precedes existence, and therefore, in my mind at least, essence succeeds existence. So, you know, basic metaphysics, but I think that we as particularly Americans, people overall, but especially Americans, are very arrogant about many things. We, mm. don't, we don't have the same belief system that other peoples do, mm. and it's almost like if I can't see you and touch you, it doesn't exist. But I would tell you that from my first experience, I was four years old, and my grandfather had died. Um, I've had a whole lot of experiences and other properties I've owned, other businesses I've had, and I've been around the world, and I've seen an awful lot of things. I make it a point not to uh, research ahead of time. I find myself serendipity, perhaps, in different things, and things kind of attach themselves to me or make themselves available for me to see. There's a ton of it here. I would like to go with you, if you don't mind, sometime. Sure. Like one of your investigations. The exorcism, though, that's got to be... Just a whole different animal. Um, it is. It is because it's, it's very draining. We had a case where you would be able to, to meet up with her sometime maybe. Uh, we actually had a case where we got a phone call and the woman was constantly being scratched even while I was talking to her. Um, we actually got to the location and as we walked in the door she had three more scratches on her back. We then um, set up everything. Actually, they already had cameras because they were already interested in the paranormal, the husband. So we actually had cameras mounted in the house, so we basically used those to, to do our research. So um, we used EMF readers. We used all these different things. And a lot of times with demonic activity, they, you cannot pick up on anything. Um, that's why we had the passive-provoking um, Bible versus sure. you know, good versus evil um, in that case. Um, so what happens is then or what happened is that we weren't getting any readings, so I knew something was up. So my, but my bag was here, and I said, do you have a Bible? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so she grabs the Bible. So I start reading it, and she starts wigging out. She starts, uh, you know, getting really uncomfortable. Are you, are you um, reading Leviticus? What are you reading in the Bible? What passages? Any. Any, okay. Any. I just, I randomly pick one. Old Testament? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. So I go through and, and start reading, and I start looking at her. She's like, so I started acting like a little funny and started to get a little nervous. I said, you okay? She goes, yeah, I'm feeling a little irritated. I'm like, okay. So I go ahead and say, okay, now I want you to read. You know, I fully know what she's capable of reading because she typed a, a long message to me, so she knows what she's 
she's talking about. So she reads, uh, starts reading the Bible, and she's telling, after that, she's telling me how much she hates me, she wants me out of the house, you know, all these other things. So I took myself to the bathroom, locked myself in there, called the rabbi, say, this is what's going on. But then after that, I actually took my crucifix and I put it on the table, so how do you feel about that? And then she just, she got ticked off. So, yeah, that was, that was an interesting case that we had. Um, that mo- the next morning, Sunday, uh, we had the Reverend come in from uh, Madison. He came in and did a, um, an exorcism on her, about 45 minutes, give or take, and was actually able to pull a demon name out and uh, everything else. And that's very important when you're fighting the demonic entities. So. so is there a structure in, in the hierarchy of demons, I suppose? And well, it's a minor demon that's a... Each demon, each demon has a name. Um, whether if they want to give you that name or not, that's that's it's tough, um, and that's where the whole biblical thing comes in or whatnot. Sure, we get control at some point. <laughs> exactly, okay. um, and then also too, you have the uh, you have the of course the the devil or the the head demon, and then you also have the legion of demons, and then under that, then you know it's a it's a whole whole spread of of different different demon names that they have and everything. Um, and some can attach them for years, you know. And I, th- I honestly, I think a lot of mental illness could be possibly from those types of things. And then also, too, a lot of, a lot of illness, you know, can be blamed on that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They could be thinking they're possibly, you know, uh, have demonic uh, uh, attachments, and they really don't. And that's one thing we always, when we go into a home, we actually go into an interview process and make sure: Are you on medication? Are you, um, are you, do you have any type of mental illness or do you use any type of drugs or whatever else? We ask all these different things. Of course, it's confidential, but uh, those are types of things we need to know to know what we're working with. Of course. So, so you know, obviously we do the Aquinas City Cannibal Tour here, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dahmer, and I like to think that we have been uh, incredibly meticulous on the research that we've done on this. In fact, I'm ready to book on this now, but I think that um, I would like very much to go and explore some of his old haunts, the things that we cover on our tour. But I'd like to uh, take a little time and, and maybe film that as well. Sure. But bring some of your toys with. I'll bring some divining rods. And just to see if there's some latent energy from something else that's there because the horrific things that took place with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to go to his apartment or former apartment complex, at least I don't think we will. I think there's enough that just proximate to us uh, where he hunted. But I, I really want to see if, if there's some association as he at the serial killer, because he grew up as a normal kid for a while, and then his life took a turn to the left, and it kept turning to the left further and further. And unfortunately, people exacerbated that and or assisted that. Uh, the, the judicial system, the law enforcement system, they could have stopped this much earlier, but it kept growing and growing, and I have to think, as I don't want to suggest for a moment that I'm an expert in your field because I'm not, but I would suggest that there is that energy that's there, and I want to touch. I want to touch it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to embody it. I want to touch it. Um, just to see if there, are you game for that? Sure, Absolutely. sure, definitely. I mean, the perfect example for for something holding energy is the the Annabelle doll, the world famous Annabelle doll. Um, you know that was uh, that was captured by Lorraine Warren um, and her husband. And, um, and she began like late fifties, early sixties, didn't she? Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that area. And actually, Tony Sparrow, which is actually the I believe nephew of them, I, I personally know. He said that, um, or he's said in, in, in 
interviews on wh what this thing has to be gone through before it can be placed in transportation. Mm -hmm. They have to be. They have to take a almost a bath in holy water. They actually have to wear rubber gloves. They have to wear all these different types of garments or whatnot, and wow. to transport to even to get the, the Annabelle doll to a show of any kind because it'll attach itself to anybody. So, but that's another perfect example, you know. And I believe Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer is, is probably lingering around somewhere and, and whatnot. It'd be interesting to make contact with him and find out what his, his thoughts are now, you know, or whatnot. So, but uh, again, that's another layer here. So he's been here. Well, we've had uh, Robert Patrick here a couple of times. Yes. Uh, Former of Terminator yes. and, and X-Files and some panels yeah. and whatever else. And, uh, you know, he's got his own views on this. In fact, every time he's here, he goes down to the cellar and he is adamant that Heath Ledger, who used to ride bikes with motorcycles the Joker. with, yeah. is downstairs, Yeah, at least in the times he visits. And I'm like, you know, I'm always slayed at the people that other psychics come up with that are here on a repeat basis, that other people are, oh yeah, that's, that's taking place here. So um, we even have a psychic right now who is adamant that Amy Winehouse visits here. We play a lot of Amy Winehouse here. The girls sure do. Play a lot of yeah. Um, and you know what a, what a tragic story that is mm -hmm. but um, if we could somehow capture a portion of that again with your tools yeah. that would be extraordinary yeah I'd love to have Robert Patrick come back and then with him do an investigation and, and uh, uh, you know have, have, have you guys film it and I'll, I'll see if I can work out obviously this is going to be a really bizarre year for everybody yeah, as as yeah. and he owns um, his own business too he does that he does that so um, you, you had uh, your meter on a moment. Yeah. yeah do you, would you mind just like leaving sure. that up and plugged in and see what goes on? Sure. Um, it's in yellow, or yeah, it's in yellow right now, so it's kind of like a halfway point there. But um, normally what we'd say is if there's any spirits in here, can you, can you make this flash? And uh, not saying it always happens in the spot <laughs> we're at, but, you know, there's always a possibility. Are there any spirits here with us right now? Like to talk to us? Can you make that light up? As we leave that there just for a few minutes, sure. Um, I always say to people on the tour, there's no guarantee you're going to see something or interact with something. This no. is not a Disney ride that we do. Exactly. The tours at Shakers or anywhere else, they've got their own schedule, and if they choose to participate, you're fortunate, which they don't always do. Mm -hmm. We have a disproportionate number of people that have been touched here, that have seen all sorts of things here. And I don't just mean the dust particle things. They They've seen all sorts of things. Yeah. The experiences of those people who attempt to spend the night in the penthouse, that's extraordinary. And you've had a few of those stories yourself, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, two of two of the investigators we have, both females, we had them um, lay in the, the one bedroom. And I sat in the, the chair that was there. The dead hooker's bed. Yep. And I sat in the chair, and we were just kind of listening to see what, the, you know, what was going on about sure. 2, 3 in the morning. Well, I dozed off. I was tired. I, I just dozed off. And um, I don't remember doing this, but I actually got up off the chair, and you heard a voice telling me something about having to go talk to them something. So I actually walked up, and I was like, okay, okay. So I walked up to him and said, you got to go. You got to go. And then um, Diane that was with us, she's like, well, why do I have to go? And she goes, no, you got to go. He's, you know, you got to go. So, and I ended up walking right back to the chair and went back to sleep. That morning, I reviewed the video, and I saw myself do it, and I don't remember any of that whatsoever. Well, yeah. Wasn't uh, one of your party also found in like one of the closets up there, or the bathroom, or is, am I confusing stories here? 
Um, no, we've, we've actually, uh, one of the girls have actually uh, laid in the, the bathtub before. Okay. And actually gotten um, uh, a, like a chest feeling in their chest or whatnot, um, like a burning feeling. Um, and we actually had uh, two of our mediums actually sat in the third floor uh, in the couch and actually, see? I see. Look how bright that is. Uh-huh. They actually channeled. Um, you here with us right now? You make it go to red? Careful, legs, batteries. Okay. All right, you let me know. Thank you. So, yeah. So it was on the third floor, and the two mediums were channeling each other. And one appeared to be the male that was maybe like a, a head guy of some kind. And then the woman was kind of like the head head hooker, <laughs> you know. See? Every time I talk about this, it goes it starts going up. Yeah, we're told that the, uh, the head bouncer guy was named Sam. Yeah. And, of course, Molly Brennan was the... Uh, the, the well-known, uh, most notorious of the A-girls, and uh, yeah. she had that space, and she was eventually murdered upstairs as well, back in the Capone days. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be extraordinary if we had the opportunity to interact with them uh, further. So, yeah. again, maybe not today, but maybe in the future, Gabe will go yes. to the penthouse and, and uh, do the podcast in there. Well, when they were when they were up there, this this what's really weird, is that we used a device called the SB7. It's called a spirit box. Basically, what this thing does is it take it's a it's a classic radio um, that scans through frequencies nonstop. It doesn't stop at a particular station, sure, a radio station. What it said, have you ever seen the movie White Noise? Um, it's the same idea. It basically scans through the frequencies, and spirits are able to speak in between the frequencies. Um, we've made contact up there. They know who you are. Actually, we've actually asked if they know who you are, sure. um, and they've they've come through numerous times. That thing got so loud of interference and it could be like the EMF or whatnot, but actually Michael was able to snap his fingers and the thing went cold dead. Wow. I, it's the craziest thing we've ever seen in our life. And I actually have video, video footage of that. So Michael's a medium? Yes. And does he do something above and beyond that? Uh, yeah, he's a truck driver. <laughs> okay, but I mean he doesn't have the uh, religious aspect that goes along with that. He's Oh, he's, he's a medium. Um, he also an investigator. You know, he helps us out. But he's mo- in our in our job, or in our, our um, group. He's he's a media our medium. He's our lead medium. Okay. Um, and I, I decided to do that because I wanted him to, because uh, we have three other or yeah three other mediums that work with us. But it's kind of nice to have a head person as far as that because I don't know what that's like to be him. So. To have him do that, have him be in charge of that position, I, I feel better that way. So we can link up, you know, when we're done, we're a ways away from that, but we can sure. link you as well. We've seen Paranormal. Oh, uh, yeah. Get, okay. Definitely. That's fantastic. Yeah. So do you ever open this up to just civilians to come along with you as well, to um, like a ride-along kind of thing? Only uh, private locations, no. Okay. I'm not comfortable with that because when we invite people over, they're exciting to go, but the houses that we're going to, they may be scared to death. Sure. And out of respect to the client, we don't do that. Public locations, sure. Um, just the other day, we went to Horlick Malt Factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the outside part, we were able to get all kinds of EMF readings. Um, we actually had some... Uh, we, we were able to get them to communicate with us back and forth. Um, we actually have an EMF reader that actually sets off an alarm. So we tell it to stop, it would stop. Tell it to go, it would go. So, and we had three of these set up. So wow. they were able to go to each one and do their own thing. So. I love that Horlick, uh, the, 
the Horlick little mall things were fantastic. I grew up in that mall. It's great. Yeah, it's a cool building. I'd it's love to have it. It's a gun. I would have liked to have seen what was there yeah. psychically as well before they put it down. Yeah. Huh. Cool stuff. Cool. So what's next? What's, what's the next big uh, investigation that you have coming up? Well, um, our goal is to eventually get into, um, well, to come back here, definitely. Um, but we'd love to get into some of the other locations, too, um, in the area. And uh, it's just a matter of building trust with the, with the people that sure. own the locations or whatnot and, and let them know that, you know, we're not just there to, to, to have to, to goof off or whatever. You know, sure. we're, we're there for serious business, and we want to we wanna also show findings of what, what we have. And that's one thing we're good at. Have you done the uh, sanitarium at the Oak County grounds? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. We walked through there one time, and... Uh, you can just walk in. I mean, you're maybe not supposed to, but just walk in. <laughs> and I think as the fourth or the fifth floor, we were just, hairs were standing up everywhere, both, you know, at that time, my girlfriend and I, uh, just absolutely crazy. And then and there's a staircase between the floors. And again, we're the only people, apparently, that are there. And this this sudden cold that just pervasive, this almost like upstairs where it's you're not welcome here mm -hmm. get the hell out of here kind of thing and we did yeah because we respect them as well it's important that when you do investigations that you respect those entities i think that are there because you want to you want to get a response you want to get something yeah you yeah they're justified that they're there but the same token that's their space well, well my own house is haunted and um i've learned to dealt with deal with those those issues also um I actually have EVPs in my own house, and I was trying out a voice recorder. Is there anybody here? And they're like, yes. You know, and it was an older gentleman, and I actually seen this older gentleman a few years back. Sure. Um, sitting in my, one of my chairs, and when I'm waking up, it was the craziest thing. But, you know, I tell them, okay, back off. I need my space. And, you know, they leave me alone, you know, and I let them do their thing. I do my thing. That's it. <laughs> so, it's interesting to me because when I, I've seen a lot of things, and sometimes they're white or they're shades of gray, and sometimes they're incredibly dark, like darker than dark. Shadow people. And sometimes I've seen, literally, like my grandfather, when he had passed, was like this electric green kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw a bit of that in Europe as well, but mostly I don't see that. I just see the white, the monochromes, and or the black. And I agree, the, the shadow people thing is interesting, and in my view on that, is that they are just entities that are moving through time and space. I don't think they care a whit about us. Um, time travelers. I'm not sure what that is, but there's something that's just there. Yeah. I think that's the paranormal thing. Per se. I, I I think well, paranormal is a very vast, well, you know, a very large, uh, you know, um, label, um, and UFOs and what all that's included in it. But and I agree with you on that too. But I also have to add, I also believe that they're they're entities of, of some kind that have never manifested themselves into a body form, or never was able to have you know a, a body to to be involved in or whatnot. I'm glad you mentioned UFOs because it occurs to me as I, you know, as, as WLIP uh, Doctor Special Terry that I wrote the story for the coronavirus sure back did. in January the second or third or something. Yep. But um, I have noticed as I read incessantly that there is a dramatic uptick in the number of UFO sightings that I've seen around the world, and part of me says that well maybe that means that we as a species are done in this rock and it's time for the next one happens to come and maybe that's what they are. Or maybe we're just because of this really off-put sensation and because we nobody knows what the heck's going on, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all kind of akimbo. 
and we're relying perhaps less on being out in the world and maybe more insular in ourselves, that we're maybe more receptive to seeing things. But I think there's a correlation that's taking place oh, with yeah. energy sources, however that works. What do you think? I, you know, I've been saying this for a while, and I think the whole coronavirus was nothing more than whatever the higher power is to us, put us in check and say, hey, you need to go back to basics again um, before you lose, you know. And, um, and there's been sayings that, you know, UFOs have been coming in is basically there to assist in those types of things. Not saying it's true or not, but it's a, it's a possibility. Um, so um, I believe that the coronavirus basically put everybody back to basic again. And what I believe the higher power, whatever, that, whatever your belief may be, um, I believe it kind of put us back in check and back to basics and say, hey, listen, you need to step back a little bit here. <laughs> you know, and I believe there is a connection between what you're talking about and, you know, whatnot. So, and, uh, and I believe these UFOs travel dimensions. I believe they can, they have those um, capabilities. And um, it's my belief on that. So. I would not be surprised if we don't at some point uh, realize that these UFOs are actually things that are ourselves coming from the future. Time Lords, whatever you want to call it, but I, I think that uh, there certainly is the possibility for us to be exploring our own planet and be coming back at some point. Um, probably as good as the odds are that something else is coming to visit us. Mm -hmm. So, um, cool. What about the, uh, the comets, meteorites, meteors, things of that nature, celestial things taking place right now? You know, it truly amazes me how we haven't been hit by anything. You know what I mean? Considering we only have the Space Force really up and operating yet. <laughs> I don't really don't know what NASA does anymore. I mean, as far as uh, that, that's concerned, but um, I mean, the meteorites coming at us, we're going to get hit hard, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, I am not sure what's keeping us from having that happen. But once it does happen, it's not going to be a good thing. So, catastrophe. I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing I I think as as um, as us. As humans, we believe we can stop anything, and that's one thing we, we will not be able to stop one way or another. Um, not in this time, anyway, I believe. Agreed. Well, we are resilient. Yeah. Just, you know, don't necessarily have to go back to the same way that we are now, but somehow, some way, mm -hmm. chances are that we will continue on. True, true. true. All right. So, we talked about the future things for RPI. Mm -hmm. Shakers, obviously, is always here. Um, and we welcome not just the investigations from you, but from others as well. I want to get to the meat of the matter, as it were. Um, but I am constantly amazed on virtually a daily basis of the things that we see, we experience, we hear. The stories from both the people that take the tours, our guides, have phenomenal stories about things that take place here. Um, we talked about the scratchings before. I've had a couple of occasions myself where things have taken place. Uh, last summer upstairs, we had not just the resident spirits, obviously always here, but it seems like every three or four months we have something come through that's not resident that maybe is, I don't want to say malicious, but maybe not as nice. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's when I've gotten, I've gotten cut upstairs. I had, I had a new silk shirt last year. I wore it the first time, and I had something upstairs that was bothering me, the guides. I walked up, and without being there for just a few short minutes, um, I feel this hot across my back, and the guide is saying, your shirt just got ripped open. So there's nothing by me. I'm not, you know, by something that could rip it. I'm standing in a free space. My shirt is now ripped in the back and I'm scratched, I'm bleeding. So they can be a little bit on towards sometimes. 
Um, we use kosher salt. We use uh, holy water. Uh, we've done Florida water. I'm not sure really what that's good for, but it smells nice. <laughs> um, and uh, again, evoking uh, the Bible or different passages seems to make a big difference these things. So um, no matter what your belief system is, and everyone really does have some form of some belief yeah. about something or yeah. belief about nothing perhaps, mm-hmm. but I think that there are things that we again as people, and especially as Americans, don't necessarily want to confront, don't want to accept are there, but there are things that are in play and in motion beyond just what we can take and talk about how molecules come together or something else. Mm-hmm. So Totally. Yeah, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that too. You know, I always look at religion like this, is, is I, I believe all religions are the same. They represent one, one higher power. And um, it's just kind of formed in a different way, you know, for each person. Um, that's my belief in that. So, I agree. Solid. So, um, if we come back and do this again, shall we begin with a cellar? Do you want to be in the penthouse? Where do you want to be? Uh, I think a cellar would be really cool. Okay. Yeah, we can check that out. Um, bring some things in and see what, see what we can do. Nice. <laughs> I've also noticed that sometimes if you have too many people doing an investigation, it kind of it clouds things. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not really sure of how things want to react as it is, let alone with these, these different personalities, these different molecular structures that take place with people. Yeah. So I think that the smaller the number really is the best number. Yeah. Well, I, and, and the, the nice thing about this location is that you have all these different floors to work on. And to be able to have uh, both U.S. Paranormal Research come in and us come in, it'll be nice because we can be separated and still not hear each other. But when we have some type of, um, if we have some spirit walking around, we can hear the spirit. That's what's really weird about this place. Um, so, but uh, it's going to be a great time. So, well, Ross wait. Allison as well has, has been here. And oh, yeah. Has some great experiences here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, cut into one of his podcasts the other day, he's still talking about shakers. So. Great guy. And this is a guy who's all over the world doing things. Um, and when they filmed the, uh, the ghost sex thing upstairs, and they've got all sorts of things taking place on the second floor. They have, they have queued up on the second floor. All their equipment is there. They're working on the third floor. They come downstairs like, why is that there? Where's this? What happened over there? Well, it was the chairs. The, the chairs, chairs are moved the in the um, Dillinger room. Yep. Yeah. So there's an essence that goes along with that as well. Again, whatever you talk about it as being, but there is an energy form that you will sense and feel. And maybe most people can't. I'm not quite sure why it works with some people, yeah. why others it doesn't. Um, I've been highly receptive to different things, as quackery as that might sound, but you get a sensation, just like I always talk about coppers walking up a dark street, and you see people reaching their sidearm, they're not pointed out, but they have a sensation there's something there that means you harm. And just like women, all the time, you have to be careful where you are and what you're doing, they have to be really susceptible to different sensations, always, much more so than Momox guys like we are. Each each part of upstairs is different each room now i mean i've been coming here for the past what, five six years and you just recently opened up the uh, the doctor the doctor room the abortion room yep. that was a total different experience than everything else yeah that was very different um and still is by the way yeah it still is still is and the evidence that we captured audio wise was 10 times more than was on the other side wall, yeah, you actually you can actually feel a shift difference between the two rooms, you know, between the um, was it the Dillinger room right there? Yeah, Dillinger room and, and the, the back room. So and that was basically an apartment, right? Yep. 
Okay, gotcha. Or designed to be an apartment. Gotcha. Interesting. So, when, you know, as an extraction of that, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, people out of work, obviously, the 8 million plus people in the hospitality industry. But then I'm thinking about, obviously, this was a brothel on the second and third floor. And as you travel to different countries and, and Europe, certainly you have brothels that are still in existence, right? Like Amsterdam or other places, too. Yeah. And, you know, I just have to wonder what the impact on their industry is. And in particular, because it's not just a matter of where someone serving drinks and a speakeasy kind of thing, but now you've got this very intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with a client, a customer, right? So, I mean, they've got to have all sorts of their own stories. And I would like to just investigate the brothel at some point and an active brothel as well and talk to brothel workers because I think they'd have to have tons of information. Just like when I was a guest of uh, St. Luke's Hospital a year ago, um, and I was in for five days, and I had a little heart issue that I took care of. Great people there. But um, on each night that I'm there, and i got different nurses that have come and talked to me because there's really nothing else to do at midnight, right? And I don't sleep. That's part of the plan. They don't want you to sleep. And things would take place. And the nurse would say, did you see that? And I would say, yes. And they'd say, aren't you concerned? I said, no, because this is what I do for a living, by the way. Yeah. And yeah. if, if there's going to be you know, dead spirits or, or energy somewhere, it's going to be in a hospital because a lot of people die. Mm -hmm. More people die from seeing doctors in hospitals than those that don't, frankly. And I, I think I'd like the investigation of that at some point as well, if you can ever get clearance to do that. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, there's a St. Luke's, just by chance, in Racine, downtown area, um, that was one of the, one of the ER emergency rooms. Now you only have St. Mary's. Um, but uh, Jeff and our team has actually walked through there. And I've uh, gotten EPPs while he was on his way out the door. Um, but uh, we've, we've tried to get into some of these locations, and we continue to try to. But it's just a matter of building a trust with them. Um, uh, there's also some locations that don't want that label. Right. You know, and I respect that. Oh, Fister Hotel. Yeah, Fister Hotel is a perfect example. But everybody knows the places aren't. Yep. Even a Major League Baseball players will tell you. Uh, Basketball players, football players will tell you the same thing, that the place is haunted. Even the ambassador. I mean, if you go there and you, That's sit, interesting. At, you sit at that bar and you ask questions, you get the stink eye. They want nothing to do with you. They can't wait till you're out the door. Yeah. And, you know, I would think that, obviously, this is something that really should be explored, expanded upon. And I can assure you that the ambassador needs the business anyway. So oh, yeah. <laughs> take advantage of the opportunity. It's like, you know, we don't... We haven't made this up. We haven't made this into a ghost bar. It just kind of, it just, it's there. And we couldn't help 30-some-odd years ago to be aware of this. And it just gets stronger every time. And I honestly believe that the spirits like the attention that they get. They like the interaction. And maybe they've become showmen over a period of time as well. Um, but I, I think that we're cool doing this here. But that's not always the case, is it? No, not always. And um, we've actually walked downtown Racine area and with some of our devices, and especially SB7, asked questions, how are you, blah, blah, blah. Each um, store was different. Sure. It's a different vibe as we walked past. One told us to get out, leave, don't come back. And we left. You know, again, it's, uh, you know, respect humans. You also respect the, the, the dead, too. So. Excellent. Yep. I thoroughly enjoyed our talk, as yes. I always do, and yes, uh, whether we're on WLIP together or we're mm -hmm. here, yeah. and I think we should uh, continue the series, and we have more floors to do, and yeah. especially with the new renovations and restorations taking place here, um, I, I think we should uh, get you guys in as soon as we possibly can. Definitely. I am cool. so down. Thank you. Ron, 
Sweet <laughs> Paranormal, my pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Yes, sir. I look forward to the next time. Yes, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.